Since 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been committed to improving the lives of America's veterans, first responders, and their families. For over 20 years, the foundation has helped America keep its solemn promise to never forget. Tunnel to Towers provides mortgage-free homes to Gold Star families and the families of fallen first responders with young children and builds specially adapted smart homes for catastrophically injured veterans, as well as work to eradicate veteran homelessness. David Marshall served in the Army during World War II and fought in the Battle of the Bulge. He's never forgotten the sacrifices of his comrades in arms, nor the efforts of first responders on 9-11 and in the days and months that followed. He is a loyal and proud Foundation donor. Tunnel to Towers is committed to supporting veterans, first responders, and their families, and so many of them need your help. Join the Foundation on its mission to do good and never forget. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Shoulder to shoulder, shields high. Welcome to the Buck Sexton Show. Team, welcome to the Freedom Hut Tuesday, January 3rd edition. The first, the first podcast of the Buck Sexton Show of the new year and very excited to chat with all of you about everything that's going on we have for example this fight playing out on the floor of uh congress right now with who will be the next speaker of the house we will discuss that plus more and more people recognizing that the covid vaccine shots or whatever you want to call them not working as planned and the desantis inauguration i'm here today in Tallahassee, Florida, which is why you're not seeing video of the show up on the uh, Rumble channel. Uh, but it's a very happy day here in Tallahassee as DeSantis gets ready for four more years as governor. We'll discuss that, my friends, and so much more. Maybe some New Year's resolutions and other things coming up here in just a second. There's no better time than the new year to protect your identity and your finances. Identity thieves can take out loans in your name, take over and drain your bank and investment accounts and more. And, you know, it's so dangerously easy for the bad guys to make you a victim of identity theft. But LifeLock makes it easy to help protect your identity and your financial future. 
LifeLock monitors your accounts and credit, detects potential identity threats you may miss on your own. And I've had to rely on LifeLock many times in the past. I've gotten countless notifications from them. And I've even had to work with a LifeLock identity theft restoration specialist because stuff happens and they fixed it. That's why you need LifeLock. Go to LifeLock.com slash buck. That's LifeLock.com slash buck for 25% off because they're going to be notifying you to help you stay on top of your identity online. And if you do become a victim of identity theft, they're there to help you fix it. You just need to have this operating in the background. You need LifeLock to have your back now. Go to LifeLock.com slash buck and you'll get 25% off LifeLock.com slash buck. Man, first show of the new year. I've got such big plans here in 2023 for the Buck Sexton show, the expanded version on, of a video and having guests on this, longer form interviews with guests, all that. But today, because I'm in Tallahassee, we're not quite uh, doing the 2.0 version of the Buck Sexton show. Uh, but because I'm in Tallahassee at the DeSantis inauguration uh, celebration, I thought I would speak a little bit about what this has meant, what Florida means going forward Um, for anybody that feels like it is impossible that the commies are winning, that there's nothing that we can do to win back the culture, that politics is pointless. Remember that the states are supposed to be uh, laboratories of what our republic can achieve at the national level. The states are the proving grounds. They're areas, yes, of of constitutionally declared uh, autonomy in many matters, in most matters, uh, but they also show people what happens as different policies play out. So you have the experiment of each and every state and the results that it produces. Why does that matter so much? You just look at what's happening in Florida and for the rest of the nation, I would say, one, don't despair if you live in New York or California. You can always consider moving to another state. But even if you can't, it got pretty close in New York and in California. I think there will be a turning point at some point in the future. But you do want to ask yourself questions. Why is it that New York, for example, New York State has fewer people, but double the double the state budget of the state of Florida? But what are you really getting as a New Yorker for that? And the, the answer is a massive a uh, massive welfare state and a massive bureaucracy that is largely funded to administer that welfare state in one form or another. And that's it. Do you want that? Do you want your state taxes to go to that? What happens when you have leadership as, as they do here in Florida that pursues sensible policy goals, that tries to just get things done, that make people's lives easier? that make their life uh, day-to-day a little better. Well, we see those results. And keeping Florida open during the pandemic, uh, being the most open state, which was clearly, without any doubt, the right decision, and so few states, unfortunately, made it, that required a lot of political courage. But we also see this with the war on wokeness, uh, which is really just a war on a new version of the communist ethos that has destroyed so many countries. Uh, that's something that you can do at the state level, state and local matters, state and local matters. And I think Florida is a really important reminder of that. And also in terms of just having a strategy, you know, I'm thinking about what can be accomplished in this uh, in this new year for me personally. And I've really I've thought about this a lot. Cutting down 
drinking was easy. I, I'm not anti having a drink ever because I will have wine or te- really I just drink wine and tequila. Um, I'll drink those two things, but I've cut it down to the point where it is. I drink about as frequently as I have, you know, cake or something like that. So, you know, you're not having cake every day. I'm certainly not drinking every day. I probably have cake once or twice a month, and that's probably where I am on the drinking front. And I really only have one or two. Now, I don't say this to judge. I just say that it was easy for me to make the choice to cut it back and to do so. But, man, if if 2023, if we're talking resolutions, cutting back on my sugar intake, I'm sure a lot of you have the same feeling. Cutting back on sugar is so hard to do. And for a lot of people think that it's not hard, have never actually really done the math and looked at how much stuff has a lot of sugar. You, you have some really delicious uh, beef jerky. Some beef jerky's got 20 grams of sugar in it. You have uh, some ketchup loaded with sugar. You, things that you would not anticipate. Uh, fruit juice, don't even get me started, might as well have a Coca-Cola, right? Fruit juice, very different from fruit in the way it enters your body and your bloodstream because of the fiber content of fruit. Eating fruit is great, all about that. And I'm going to allow myself to eat plenty of fruit. But drinking straight orange juice, for example, oof, a lot of sugar in these things. And it's it's interesting that there still seems to be some debate as to whether your body can develop a degree of, of addiction to sugar. So I don't have, there, there are no other addictions that I struggle with. I'm very fortunate in that sense. But if I had to pick one thing, and if 2023 is a year for, improving oneself um, there's a lot of things that i want to do watch even less television of any kind than i do read more sleep more work out more spend more time with family and close friends spend less time worrying about you know am i doing this at the absolute uh, the absolute pinnacle of of whatever is possible in in this professionally or you know i mean you try to do the best you can you got to sleep at night you can't just second guess yourself all the time but cutting back on sugar um as somebody who has spent a, let me see, I really started getting serious for me about strength training to where I consistently have done it four or five times a week, um, almost without exception, although this past week was an exception, uh, for nine months now. So not even quite a year, but it's, it's helpful, it's working, but cutting back on the sugar would be something that I would really like to try to make happen uh, in this year and just sort of see how it affects me and everything else. Caffeine, sorry. Love my... Oh, maybe caffeine is my addiction, actually, because I love my coffee. I also love real estate investing with done-for-you real estate. That's what we call a smooth transition. Done-for-you real estate is an amazing company. It was founded by people who wanted to help everyday folks become real estate investors and to own real property as investors and to bring themselves all the financial benefits and the long-term economic stability that you can create for yourself by investing in real estate. But you got to know how to do it, where to do it, and where to begin. And that's where Done For Your Real Estate comes in. They'll teach you. They'll take you through every step of the process. And not just teach you as in like a seminar. No, no, they'll walk you through. They have people that will help you pick the city, pick the house, get the mortgage in place, get everything lined up, even get a management company. So you're not worried about doing the day-to-day of the house. That's done for you. And you're getting, if you do it right, free cash flow every month, and you're building up equity in the house over time. And this is a stable, long-term asset you're buying, a single-family home that, if you look at the numbers, so often is a great way to invest your money. You don't have to be rich to do this, not by a long shot. Everyday folks can do this. 
Go to doneforyoubuck.com, doneforyoubuck.com. I've bought multiple houses at this point as investments with Done For You Real Estate. Doneforyoubuck.com, begin your real estate investment journey today. All right, so we got to talk a little bit about this. Uh, as I speak to you, it's now two votes have already happened for the Speaker of the House. Kevin McCarthy has lost on both votes. So this is going into another realm. And this is a situation that I don't think anybody really knows exactly how it's going to play out, including the people who are in this case, the, the rebels from the GOP establishment. Kevin McCarthy here said that this is when you know things are getting rough. Things are getting a little rough and tumble. Kevin McCarthy saying that as of last night, there were some GOP members of Congress who would be okay with Hakeem Jeffries, a Democrat, as Speaker of the House, instead of Kevin McCarthy. Play clip one. Last night I was presented the only way to have 218 votes. If I provided certain members with certain positions, certain gavels, to take over the church committee, to have certain budgets. And they even came to the position where one, Matt Gates said, I don't care if we go to plurality and we elect Hakeem Jeffries and it hurts the new frontline members not to get reelected. Well, that's not about America, and I will always fight to put the American people first, not a few individuals that want something for themselves. So we may have a battle on the floor, but the battle is for the conference and the country, and that's fine with me. Ooh, fighting words, to be sure. Um, but, you know, one thing that I did do over the, over the uh, Christmas break was I spent, uh, spent a, a, a lot of time um, reading just what I felt like reading. I just finished a book, The Last Founding Father, James Monroe and a Nation's Cult, The Greatness by Harlow Unger. Very good, by the way. Very, very good book. And I give it a, a for, for the genre, solid B+. I enjoyed it. Um, and I'm actually about 100 pages into George Washington's biography by, um, by Chernow. And which is excellent. I've heard, you know, he's the one who wrote the super famous Hamilton biography that then was the inspiration for the Broadway play, which I thought was just atrociously boring and, and I didn't like it at all. But I think a lot of other people liked it. It became, I think, the one of the first billion-dollar Broadway enterprises ever. Um, but The Last Founding Father is, is really good, and, and one aspect of reading about that period in history that I think is so useful in moments like this where you have... The speakers fight or the speakers gavel being fought over in this way. And people say it's some pretty rough stuff. You know, oh, they want to help the Democrats and they want to help the country. Is this is the nature of politics? It's always been the way things are in this country. I, I think that we get into this mindset of we are the only ones who are having this kind of acrimony, who have these politicians slamming each other in this way. It's just not the case. The stuff that the founders thought and said about each other and the, the regional politics that played out. I mean, in the War of 1812, at one point, New Englanders were kind of like, I don't know, I like the British. We should do more trade with them. Uh, you know, you're on your own states that are to the south of, uh, of New England and, and fighting against the British. You know, you're on your own. You want navigation rights for the Mississippi River? Bostonians were like, man, not our problem. You know, this is this is the nature of how it is and how it always has been. Right? Politics is about 
conflict and disagreement as much as it's about consensus and finding a way forward. And so that's why I, I don't get overly worried about what's going to happen if they have this fight. What's going to happen to the to the Congress uh, if they don't have Kevin McCarthy as Speaker of the House? Look, I if they allow a Democrat to become Speaker of the House, it's a massive blunder. And, you know, it, it's hard to fathom that they would let it go to that point. I don't think they will. But they may decide to uh, hold this out for a few weeks. Who knows? Maybe longer. They may decide that they would really want to make a point over this. But I want to know what their end goal is. And, and I say that it, with with total earnestness. I'm, I'm not suggesting cynically that they ha- that, that, that that I know they don't have one. It seems to me they may be lacking one, but I don't know for a fact. And I want to know. Uh, I want to know what the plan is here. So this is a major issue that is going to continue to. Uh, I, I think this is going to go on for days, if not if not weeks. So we shall see. Um what is the economic outlook for this year? One thing I thought about a lot also over the break is I'm uh, over the holiday, I should say, as uh, considering, you know, where am I going to put money in some investments and how, how am I going to move my my uh, meager savings around and try to build more for the future, future generations of uh, of of, um, you know, Buck and Buck Jr. I don't know what the female equivalent of a buck would be if I have. If I have kids, which I'm hoping to have soon. Uh, but anyway, here is Kudlow, uh, Larry Kudlow, with a 2023 economic outlook I want to share for a sec. Play five. The best news, I think, is the inflation rate is coming down. It was clear evidence. So I think you're going to run a 3 to 4% inflation rate, okay? That's still above their 2% target, but that's a big help from 9 or 10%, all right? That's good. Here's a point my friend Ira Stoll, is a great columnist Ira Stoll makes. A conservative Supreme Court and a Republican House will stop the worst of the Biden's lopsided anti-growth, big government spending and central planning policies. So that's on the bright side. So let's see how this plays out. So this is the paradox that I have talked about now for a year which is the Biden administration. And I I know this sounds crazy, but I I really like to hit this because I this is how I see it. The Biden administration is in a better position for his reelection because Republicans have the House than they would have been if Democrats had had uh, had had everything. Because now I know the narrative wouldn't necessarily support that because they say, oh, Democrats won. They must have won because Biden's great. No, no, no. Because the damage that they will be able to do to the economy that they were doing for the first two years, obviously, and then had to back off the damage that they will do to the economy will be limited. And therefore there will be some resetting and some uh, healing, if you will, of the economy going forward, because they won't be able to mess things up the way they would want to, if they had total control and were, were completely in charge. That's how I see this playing out. I mean, I, I think it's very likely, which is also why I believe Joe Biden's going to run again. Because why wouldn't he? With Republicans in the House, guess what they're going to say? They're stopping. They're going to tell the progressives they're stopping us from getting our agenda through. That's what they're going to say. And there's some truth to that because the Republicans do have the House. But to the swing voters and to the to the persuadables, to the people that are in the middle, however you want to define that, they'll say, Look, the economy's getting better. Things are improving. It's not as bad as the Republicans said it was going to be. 
Vote for what you know. Vote for the Biden you know. And that's really going to be the pitch. This is why I think the economic outlook is so interesting. Unless you have a massive, brutal recession this year, which I know some people think could happen, I just want to know what the what the indicators are that it is happening. Right? We need to establish that up front because, as you've seen, what is a recession? And there's some questions Democrats really don't answer. What is a woman? Democrats don't have an answer. Hat tip Matt Walsh in his excellent documentary. Uh, they don't really have an answer to that. What is a recession? Well, they change the definition of recession as it fits their political needs, as you know. So we should probably get ahead of this now and say, if the following occurs, we're in a really we're in a really bad economy um, because I if it happens, they're not going to admit it and they're going to shift blame around because the one thing that I believe delivers a a smashing victory to Republicans in 2024 with more certainty than anything else is we have a 2008 style recession, a big, nasty correction in the housing market, in the job market, in you name it. That's the one thing where and look, I'm, I'm going to say it, you know, people people are talking about Trump's electability going forward. Trump's economy 2016 to 2020 as a pitch laid against or put up against a a massive decline in the economy under Biden. You can start to see how that narrative fits together. It might feel, oh, that's crazy right now to some people, but things change very dramatically. So, you know, these are the ways I see the economy affecting politics and, of course, politics affecting the economy in 2023. So, yeah, I'm going to try to cut back on my sugar. I'm not sure if there's going to be a huge recession. I don't know who the Speaker of the House is going to be. And um, the COVID lunacy is continuing on, too, with people now bringing back masks in some places. I got to tell you, I see this, and it's remarkable to me. I really mean this. I think now the the dead-end maskers, the ones who just don't care, they're just going to keep doing it, increasingly you see them with the tightly fitting mask. And now this is the this is the term that it's always a, a well-fitting or tightly fitting mask. And they take this to be quite literal. The tightly fitting mask uh, idea comes from the N95 mask, which has to be for medical purposes fitted uh, on, onto your face. The seal must not be broken or else the mask obviously loses. You know, it's like if a condom breaks, right? Doesn't really work if it breaks. If the seal is broken, then you're not getting protection. But uh, the. I mean, beyond that, what you see now are people who are wearing these masks with these two rubber straps. And you can see, based on the way it's pulling into their head and their hair, they're making it really tight because that is their uh, this is their their hair shirt. If you understand the medieval Catholic reference, this is their their way of proving to everybody how seriously they take the virus. And they brought back in New Jersey public schools in Patterson masking for kids There are other school systems. Now they're bringing back masking. So we have a commie lunacy here in the covid era that is lingering and the fight against this is not over because they have to admit that they are wrong or else they will try to do it to you. And that is my my mantra on this for 2023. As long as they do it to themselves and they don't have to admit that it's wrong, their long term plan is to make you and your children do it, too. Not on my watch. I'm not going to let this go down without a fight. All right, 2023 is underway. Uh, I'll be back with you uh, tomorrow. Hopefully we'll get the new video up. The studio is almost totally complete, so we'll have great stuff up at rumble.com slash Buck Sexton, and uh, I'll talk to you tomorrow.
Shields high. Since 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been committed to improving the lives of America's veterans, first responders, and their families. For over 20 years, the foundation has helped America keep its solemn promise to never forget. Tunnel to Towers provides mortgage-free homes to Gold Star families and the families of fallen first responders with young children and builds specially adapted smart homes for catastrophically injured veterans, as well as work to eradicate veteran homelessness. David Marshall served in the Army during World War II and fought in the Battle of the Bulge. He's never forgotten the sacrifices of his comrades in arms, nor the efforts of first responders on 9-11 and in the days and months that followed. He is a loyal and proud Foundation donor. Tunnel to Towers is committed to supporting veterans, first responders, and their families, and so many of them need your help. Join the Foundation on its mission to do good and never forget. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 